Rob Swanson from the UFC joins me. It's Swanson against Darren Elkins in UFC Fight Night. Lewis versus Dukos live on Sony 10.2 in English and Sony 10.3 in Hindi right here in India. Indian Standard Time, 5.30 a.m. on the 19th of December. Hey, nice to speak to you. I hope the family and you are safe and healthy and uh, you've got all your shots and your booster shots for the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the family's all good. Uh, they keep me they keep me busy uh, so being here at fight week is like a little bit of a, a vacation Cub anybody who follows uh, mixed martial arts knows that uh, Elkins doesn't have the same class as you but he's got a lot of mileage you know he's he's shown that he can rally after absorbing a terrible beating and you've got to admit that his height and, and reach advantage can serve him well so what do you think of your opponent I mean yeah I think he's very durable I think he's got a lot of heart and uh, he, he's definitely Definitely got some skills um, in the wrestling grappling department, uh, and I think he's his stand up is slowly evolving. And and yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely not taking him lightly. And uh, but yeah, I think he's a, he's a great opponent for to, for an exciting fight. Um, you've been a, a mainstay in the UFC for the better part of a decade, but you can't ignore the wear and tear on your body as a fighter. All fighters have to have to listen to their bodies. We saw the Chikadze fight in May. Also, a lot of people turned around and said, you know, here's a man who's on a brutal losing streak, 2017 to 2019. Is there a reason for the alarm bells to go off? What would you like to tell your fans? I mean, it's when you're when you're fighting at this high of a level, it happens, you know, and in this game is steadily evolving and you have to stay up with the times. And during those times, life happens, you know, in that, in that stretch, I got married. I had three kids. I moved, I changed camps. I changed some of my trainers. Um, so, I mean, life happens that people don't really take into consideration. And at the, and when all those things are happening, you're fighting the best of the best, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, I feel like I'm I'm still getting better. I'm still enjoying this. And yes, you get some wear and tear on your body. And uh, I've been smart enough to, you know, kind of kind of make sure that I'm taking care of my body at this point. I get a lot of work done in between train sessions. I don't push it as hard and I'm a lot smarter. That's a great answer. Cub, you've had a long career. You're a potential Hall of Famer when you decide eventually to step away, that is. If you look at Elkins, I mean, he's also, a lot of people would say at the end of his rope, but he's still looking for his big night. If you look at the track record, he's won his last two fights, uh, which kind of ended a four-fight losing streak. Do you look at that kind of stuff? Do you look at, hey, man, this guy's coming off uh, you know, a two-fight winning streak? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I know he's won his last couple of fights, and I, I think that you know, winning guys that are coming off of wins and losses, it, it's all about you know, where your head's at and confidence. When confidence is high, people are way more dangerous. When their confidence isn't high, they're not as dangerous. That's just the way it is. Um, so I, I expect him to, to come in confident and, and, you know, ready to, to try to take my head off. But, you know, like I said, I trained well for this and, and I'll be ready for it. And he does have a propensity to get worked over. Uh, do you think that will give you the edge? Well, I think a lot of people make the mistake of, of seeing him hurt and going for the finish right away. And um, you, you can kind of burn yourself out that way. So, you know, I, I plan on, you know, keeping a good pace, keeping my composure. And if I get him hurt, just be smart. Don't get 
don't get too excited and, and try to end the fight. It's like, hey, this guy may not go away. So, you know, don't don't blow everything and, and just, just keep doing what you're doing. Well, uh, apart from your fight, the one that I'm excited about is uh, Lewis versus DeCoste. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I mean, you look at Lewis, he's managed to outlast fighters far superior to him. Just long enough to catch them with like a, an unholy shot that puts them down and out. Uh, DeCoste will obviously will make a lot of his most of his power and volume to stop Lewis in the first round and then hope to score the biggest win of his career. So uh, are you keeping an eye on that? Yeah, I mean, by then, uh, you know, who, who doesn't love the heavyweights? But uh, I'm hoping that by then I'll be somewhere uh, here in Vegas having a nice <laughs> dinner with my cornermen and my family. I got, uh, yeah, my kids and my wife will be here. So, yeah, hopefully by then I'll be watching it like on my phone and having a nice dinner somewhere. <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, I'm not asking you to call the fight or make predictions, but just your thoughts on Lewis and the cost. Well, it's hard to it's it's hard to bet against Derek. Uh, he 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 does always come out with with some some big shots, but I mean, uh, I think I saw that he was the underdog at this point, and I don't know much about the other guy. Um, I know it's him and his brother, both in the UFC. They haven't been in that long, so I don't know enough. I actually thought I was surprised to see Derek Lewis uh, as the underdog. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, I'd like to look back at your phenomenal record, uh, Cub. You hold the most post-fight bonus awards in division history, eight of them, uh, if I combine your UFC and your WEC tenure. And you've been awarded Fight of the Night honors 10 times. How do you look back at those glory days and nights? I, I feel blessed, you know, because <laughs> the crazy thing is I even, you know, they don't count them, but even my losses were, were bonus most of the time, you know? So it's just, I think that people know that when I, when I fight, it's, it's going to be exciting. I've always gone out there and, and, you know, I fight emotional. I, I am who I am and uh, I'm not trying to pretend to be, you know, some character. I'm just Cub Swanson. And I, and I think that fans appreciate that because they've gotten to see me grow up as a human being uh, on this journey. And that, and not only that, but I'm exciting as a fighter. So I think that, you know, fans appreciate me just for those reasons. But Cub, uh, my country, India, uh mixed martial arts UFC has just exploded over the last five years you'd be surprised the number of fans that you have here so uh, as part of a regular feature what I try and do is just look into you know small nuances of, of a fighter's life I, I know probably a lot of fans in America and the West would know this but for your Indian fan fans your widely used nickname Cub where does that originate from and uh, tell us how, how it first came to you Okay. Yeah. So in, in Hispanic culture, I'm, I'm half Mexican, half Swedish. And in Hispanic culture, a lot of times you get nicknames uh, when you're a kid. And um, both of my brothers were, um, they look more Swedish than Mexican. And uh, they have colored eyes, lighter skin. And I came out brown, chubby. And um, I, I looked like a little chubby brown baby. And my brother uh, who's two years older than me, he was just starting to talk and he couldn't say my name and he called me Cub and that kind of stuck. And since I was born, they've called me Cub and that's always been my name. It's a lovely story there. Uh, listen, um, this is amazing. I believe you used to play what in India and the rest of the world we call football, but in the States you call it soccer. I believe you used to play soccer as a kid. And, uh, you know, there was a time when you really actively thought of uh, having a career in, in soccer stroke football. Uh, how did that go? And uh, what position were you playing at? Were you a midfielder? Were you a striker? Were you a goalkeeper, a defender? Uh, of course, I was a striker. 
<laughs> you know, they, um, there was, there was times when I played outside wing and, and, you know, they'd give me the ball and I'll just run it down the corner and chip it in and, and try to get people to, to head the ball. But for the most part, uh, if we were playing like a full four two, I was, I'd be up top and they just give me the ball and I'd take off. Um, so, you know, I was, I was fast and, 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 you know, nobody could really knock me down. So I, I was just always getting after the ball, but yeah, that was my first love. Um, even played in junior college when I was a little younger, I was a- able to be on like the, the beginning stages of like the Olympic development program. Uh, but I started to get into trouble and, and do, do things I shouldn't have been doing. And I kind of messed all that up for myself. And, uh, after junior college, uh, I, I was able to find jujitsu and, and from there I found MMA and uh, here I am now. Well, little birdie tells me you went to the same school as Timothy Bradley, the boxer. Were you guys mates at all in school? You know, I'm just curious to know. Yeah, we were, we were cool. We, we didn't really hang out because in, in high school is when I was really getting into trouble. Uh, I ran into his dad most of the time because his dad was one of the security guards at the school. So he'd catch me ditching and stuff like that. But in high school, Tim was very focused. He was already kind of like had like a great amateur career trying to make the Olympic team. And um, he would be up before school running the track at like 6 a.m. And uh, I definitely wasn't doing that. <laughs> I didn't start getting into it till after high school. But, but yeah, we were we were um, acquaintances. We, we never really hung out. And then we ended up becoming closer once I went back and started boxing in the same boxing gym with him years later. You know, anybody would look at you now with your smiling persona and your very zen-like appearance while you're doing this interview. I wouldn't believe that you were getting into serious street fights as a kid, uh, uh, but you yourself said that you were hanging around uh, the rough neighborhoods for a while. But what I want to actually know is what was the turning point? point cup when you got serious about your life and decided to pursue a career in mixed martial arts well it kind of started when i i ended up in juvenile hall i don't know if that's what you guys call it in india but i went to a juvenile detention center and had a lot of time to sit and think and realize that i just make i took ownership of my decisions and why i was there and it made me start thinking about things differently and it took me a little bit of time to really figure out what I was going to do with, with my life. I was barely getting by, very poor, and I had a job and, and I found jujitsu. And I just decided to put all my energy into that. And from there, I found, you know, I could do MMA. And that kind of just led me on this whole other path. But I was very determined as a, per, as a, as a young kid. And uh, if I put my mind to something, I, could, I knew I could accomplish it. So uh, I, I think I was even a little bit, a little bit crazy thinking that I could do something, you know. Uh, I was like, yeah, I could do that. Nobody could tell me any different. So uh, just I, I had a lot of faith in myself. And, uh, yeah, I had some, some guidance um, from, from my manager that I had for years. And, uh, yeah, I, luckily I was able to take, take lessons from the people around me and, and make it work. Well, a lot of people who've altered their lives, changed their lives dramatically, have used sport, which you have used, and have also used prayer and meditation and yoga. If, you know, do, do you pray? Have you used meditation as a tool? Have you used yoga as a tool? Just curious to know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I grew up more religious. I, I'm not so religious now. Um, but, you know, what's really interesting is I, I definitely was 
more fond of like Buddhism when, when I started getting into martial arts and really going, you know, I really need to focus on me and look inward and see how I can change, how I can be better and not worry about anybody else. And that really did help me um, kind of, you know, try to be a better person. And, and as far as meditation, I, I try uh, as much as possible, but I, I really feel like the, the best I've done is just alone time thinking, you know, not, not necessarily being in a Zen state, but just, just reflecting, thinking, okay, I need to do this. I should be doing this. Always questioning myself. And then when I am around my friends asking, Hey, am I doing this right? Uh, am I working hard enough? Should I change, you know, and being able to be honest with yourself and let people be honest with you. That's awesome. Great life lessons there. Let's get back to the fighting. I believe uh, UFC fighter Joe Stevenson invited you to train with him uh, and you accepted that. And that was part of your transition into professional MMA. Uh, would you tell us about that, please? Yeah. So I, have, I actually think that's funny because, you know, I often will have people write me messages and say like, hey, you should let me come. You should fly me out and let me train with you. And like they're very demanding and it, it, I just don't like their approach. So when I, when I was coming up and I knew nothing about the sport and I had saw um, a local MMA fight, I saw that this promotion was King of the Cage. They had a website. I went on the website. And this is when the internet was not very fast. And it took me a long time to be <laughs> trying to look things up in 2003. Um, I, I looked up all their fighters. I wanted to see what their background was, what they were doing so I could do what they were doing. Um, and I found Joe Stevenson on the website and, and he was one of the people, but he had like an email address attached to his file and I could actually get a hold of him. So I just wrote him a message if I could come train with him. And then like a month later, he just called me out of the blue and was like, yeah, come train. <laughs> and I was kind of shocked. Turns out he didn't live that far from me. And I drove out and started training with him here and there. And then a lot of time passed. He ended up getting on the Ultimate Fighter show. And he was retired before that. And, and I would kept telling him, like, why are you retired? And uh, once he got on the Ultimate Fighter show, he got in the UFC. And then he started inviting me to come up to his training camps at Big Bear with him. And so I was able to you know, help him and a bunch of other uh, UFC fighters get ready. And it really helped kind of get me ready. Wow, that's a lovely nugget from your life. Now, everybody who watches you knows you're an exciting fighter. It's just lovely to watch you. Uh, you're wild, you're unpredictable sometimes, very, very explosive. Um, you know, I love seeing those ducking roundhouse kicks, the cartwheel kick uh, to the head, uh, all your distinct moves. Uh, what would you say is your favorite move? something that's been effective, something that you, do you like to use? Uh, I mean, yeah, I love to be unpredictable. I love to do things that seem difficult to other people. You know, I always, I used to look at like Anderson Silva and, and look at them do something that's so difficult, but they make it look easy that, that makes you feel like you should be able to do that easily. Um, I, I think that when you do things that are difficult and make it look effortless, it just shows of what, how high of a level you're at. So I always, you know, thought like that. But I mean, if I really going to think about my best move, I think my overhand right has just always had good timing and, and probably gave 
probably made people the most afraid of what my tools. When you were a kid, who was a fighter that really, really inspired you? Somebody you looked up to and say, whoa, you know, I'd like to be someone like that. I mean, when I was a kid, we, we looked up to me and my brothers. We looked up to Mike Tyson when we were really young and then Roy Jones Jr. later and two completely different styles, um, which, you know, was awesome. Roy Jones was making people miss. And I just thought it was it was beautiful. But yeah, we, we love watching fighting. But I mean, realistically, we, we probably watched more like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and, you know, Bruce Lee and, and all, all the martial arts movies. So we, we wanted, I had two, two brothers and we were all close in age. So we would just roughhouse all the time, try to imitate, imitate those guys. Wow. Sounds like your average Indian kid, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, Bruce Lee, and then Jackie Chan in that mix. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids are kids. <laughs> what do you like to do in your time off, uh, Cub? Do you enjoy another sport for recreation? And if so, what would that sport be in your, in your downtime? I mean, I really like majority of sports. Uh, I like to, I like to work out when it's not like the same old thing I usually do, you know, so playing basketball or we, you know, we've been playing spike ball on and off. I don't know if you know, you guys know what that is. Um, but I mean, I like to golf a lot, really love to golf. It's very relaxing. And, uh, but I, you know, I probably get the most joy out of, uh, helping, helping fighters, you know, helping them, you know, kind of paying it forward, teaching them, you know, some, some of my tricks and, and really molding their careers that that's really given me the most, uh, you know, joy. You have a lovely family. Is there a favorite vacation spot that you like to go, uh, with your, with your family too? <laughs> Man, me and my wife are just barely like kind of getting the the courage to go places because we we have three that are only one year apart, all three of them. So um, we plan after this fight, the, the beginning of the year, we want to start taking them places. They're old enough now where, you know, we, we, we take them to restaurants, which is probably our best, biggest excitement. But we want to start taking them to, you know, aquariums and theme parks and all that stuff. So I am really looking forward to that. How was Christmas celebrated at the Swansons? You get the tree out, decorate it, uh, uh, put gifts under it. Just, you know, what happens during Christmas time? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we've done. We, we got the, the house decorated, the, the trees out. The, the kids just decorated the tree um, two days ago. And then uh, we can't put gifts under there yet or they'll, they'll get after them. They'll start tearing them up. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to have, a, a nice Christmas. It's it's going to be pretty relaxed, um, and, and hopefully, my just some of my family will come over. We try to spread it out uh, so we don't have like one big thing. We try to have a couple people over like the whole week. So, uh, yeah, it should be should be relaxed and, and and a nice one. And and do you have some great food at the table? Do you guys do some cooking or do you order in? Um, I'm not sure what we're gonna do, but I plan on eating because Thanksgiving was pretty. Thanksgiving wasn't, you know, I had to really watch what I was eating. So yeah, uh, Christmas is going to be, you know, I'm going to indulge a little bit. Have you ever been to India, my country? And if you have, uh, what are your thoughts? And if you haven't, uh, would you like to come? Your thoughts? No, I haven't been. I had told the UFC when they were heading out there um, in the beginning, about four or five years ago. I know Sean was headed out there a bunch. I kept asking that if if I could go. And, um, he was like, why do you want to go? And I said, I said to me, 
I, I'm like such a fan of this sport growing. And whenever you go to new territories like India, China, uh, where it's just starting to grow, it reminds me of when I first started this, you know, being in the sport and barely learning and trying to explain it to people and, and just that passion. So for me to go anywhere where it's still growing that fast, uh, it's an honor to be kind of an ambassador of the sport and kind of pay it forward. So yeah, if I had the opportunity, if, if the UFC ever wants to help me out going out there and, and doing some kind of seminar, whatever, I, I would definitely like to go. Lovely. My last question is, what kind of music do you like? What's on your playlist, Cub? Um, if I'm training, it's usually like uh, dance uh, music, but mostly hip hop. Uh, that gets me fired up and want to beat people up. The dance music is more for pace. Like if I need to, if I'm sparring and I need like fast pace, um, then, then I'll have that on so I can try to keep that momentum and keep a high pace in training. Um, and if I'm at home, it's a lot of this stuff called lo-fi kind of remixed, very kind of chill. And I try to bring it down at home. And then at the gym, I try to pick it up. So yeah, I try to, I try to set it to my mood. So there's no favorite artist or favorite singer. No, no. I mean, why limit yourself to, to just one, you know? True. Watch Cub Swanson against Darren Elkins, UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus DeCoste live on Sony 10.2 in English and Sony 10.3 in Hindi, 19 December, India time, 5.30 a.m. Cub, big fan. Thank you for, so much for your patience. It was wonderful talking to you. All the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate all the fans out there. And uh, maybe I'll come see you guys one day. Thanks, Cub. Cheers.